This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and on this Thursday afternoon I'm delighted to have some of the old school back. We've got JP Mason and Kevin Graham and it was many moons ago that us three first appeared on Axom. Can you remember the day guys through in the toll booth? JP came through in that vintage retro Celtic away strip. Um, now JP you're good at this, how long ago was that? Was that about four years ago now? Five. Five, five years. Wow. And in that five years, I remember going up to the toll booth and the subject of a lot of Kevin Kevin and I's conversations was around European progress. And we were talking about it five years ago. We were talking about it at that time when Brennan Rogers was the manager first time round. And we're going to be talking about it again today because obviously last night, I'll come to you first, JP, absolutely got an evening. I mean, we just done that to Motherwell, right? And you don't think for a second, how are they guys feeling? You don't care, do you? But then last night, we got a wee bit of a taste of that ourselves. Um, how was it for you last night? How was the atmosphere? Can we not just talk about music for an hour now? We could actually, aye. Oh, I bet we don't what, get many complaints. That's, that's what you're in for, yeah. Aye. <laughs> uh, nah, I, look, I, I was really up for it. I was. I did a few sherbets in the, in the brazen head beforehand with... Um, with Scott McCory of the Homeboys podcast. Big shout out to Scott. Only exclusively hang out with people that uh, do Celtic podcasts, which is obviously complete nonsense. Uh, he's just a really good guy and we've been talking about getting a drink together for a while. So we met up with him and uh, his mates, uh, Tam, John and Jim and uh, the Brazen Head and sharing, sharing stories and all the rest of it as, as you usually do. And 
um, Jim, uh, older fella, I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. His first Celtic away was Madrid, 1980. And, uh, I, and uh, <laughs> he paid, I think it was £119, either £119 or £116 he paid to get there and back. And I was like, 1980, that's, that's quite a lot of money. And he was like, I, I kind of just threw everything at it and, and went there for the for his first trip. So I we was in there and had a few pints and then we got the bus from the Brazen Head out to out to Celtic Park. They they run like a couple of buses from the bar to, to take folk mm-hmm. out. So we got there and got there well ahead of kickoff. So I was there for the build up and stuff. Um and I, I obviously a lot's been made of the Rianne Downey thing. I, I I find it unfair that she's been singled out for criticism, especially if it's personal criticism. I just think it was maybe not the right move to have anybody singing before kickoff at a Champions League game. I, as I said to you earlier, I was like, it could have been Celine Dion doing "You'll Never Walk Alone." I just think it it kind of messed with the juju a little bit, and the atmosphere. I mean, it wasn't what I expected. Put it that way. Mm. It, I, it was a lot of people on edge, and and when when that that edge, even when we went one 0 up, I think people were still like, we know that we know how these movies go, but not for a second could you have thought that we'd have a goal disallowed and then get a concede a goal in the last what minute or two minutes of of, of stoppage time. So uh, I'm not as downbeat as maybe. I probably should be. Obviously, it was absolutely gutting, and especially to them of all people. Um, I was just had to nip into town to do something uh, earlier on, and walked past the hotel in St Vincent Place, and there was a bunch of Lazio fans just sort of standing, not like fully decked out in colours, but I could tell that they were Italian. I could tell that they were obviously Lazio fans, and mm-hmm. you know that feeling when you're coming out of the hotel the next day after an away trip. And and you've won. And if you've won like that, then even better. And and they've got their own back on us for 2019, which is is a, is a sore one to swallow, uh, particularly the way we played. Um, but I'm not. I'm like you were saying before we came on. I'm not like oh, to set everything on fire and everything's terrible and all the rest of it. I, I'm not ready to to light that match. You know, I'm 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 quite I'm quite. Uh, optimistic about where where we're going um, under this new manager slash old manager. Aye, same as the old. No, this is the thing. Going into today's uh, bulletin, I, I never ever think about what people are going to reckon, you know, am I a happy clapper? Am I a cheerleader? I don't, I don't think like that, but I don't have that same sense of despondency because it was gotten, and I'm just waiting. I don't know how many people are going to use the word roller coaster in the comment section, but remember it's banned. You can use waltzers or ghost trains, but keep the roller coasters and Rolls Royce. Don't don't compare a player to a Rolls Royce. Um, because it was that kind of night. But during the game, talking to Kevin McCluskey after the game and James McKenzie during the game, and then obviously letting it all settle, getting up this morning, having a look through the socials, seeing what the kind of reaction has been. I don't feel all that despondent. I do think, yes, we're going to be talking about things we could do better. But the big the big tagline, Kev, is what did we learn? What did Rogers learn? And what did we learn about Rogers? You know, because there's this big thing around his first period, the, the blot in his copybook being the European performances and the results more than the performances, I guess. Uh, this time round, we're thinking, right, is, is he going to put it right? Has he improved as a gaffer? What do you think we learned about Rogers? What did Rogers learn about his team last night, Kev? 
I don't think Brendan Rodgers learned anything about his team that nobody wouldn't have been able to point out uh, beforehand. Um, he's got a lot of guys there who, look, aye, last night was a gut punch. Roller coaster. You're going to say a roller coaster there, eh? Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> mate. Last night was a gut punch. It's a gut punch that probably leaves us on a standing count in Europe this year. We've still got a chance to maybe get ourselves back into it, but it seems very, very unlikely. Um, what did it say about Rogers? I mean, I think there was a lot of hindsight with the Nat Phillips sub, uh, his game management, but I think if we get away with that one nothing, uh, one each, nobody mentions that sub. That That's just after the event. The circumstances surrounding that. The circumstances surrounding that are we've got three centre-halves who weren't available, mm-hmm. right? Nat Phillips has come in half fit. Cameron Carter-Vickers has come back in half fit. The other one of them, uh, Rocky's no fit whatsoever, and Lager Bielka suspended. So he hasn't got much to work with there, right? And Liam Scales is bloody outstanding. So he hasn't got much to work with there, right? But we lack a bit of discipline. And that's something that I've noticed that he says quite a lot this season, that he reckons the players are trying to force things. Mm-hmm. They're not letting the game develop in front of them. And what he says about the the, the one in goal last night was that it wasn't Cameron Carter Vickers' fault. We had to we went out of position before we had control of the ball. The team went out of position and by the time the ball came back in, look, Cameron Carter Vickers was a risk last night. I mean I think even in the, the first half, we tried to force things far, far too much. And I noticed this is a theme developing with Rodgers since he's came back. We didn't try to force the game against Motherwell. When we got that ball back, we were calm. And mm-hmm. we need to learn to do that in Europe. We've got to learn to do that in Europe. A couple of times last, t- last night in the final third, we just panicked at times. Or we're no used to the pace. I mean, look at our goal. Our goal was utterly delicious. I'm going to use delicious because it seems to be the word for the word for us to use now. Um, but we didn't do it often enough. We didn't do enough to win the game, but we left ourselves open to the, the gutting scenario that actually happened. Eh? Um, what was it? What's, what's the first truism of Buddha, Buddhism? Life is suffering. Well, that's watching Celtic in Europe. <laughs> we got a bit of Buddhism in early there. Yeah. Uh, no doubt we'll throw a bit of music in at some but, point as well. What, 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 what we'll say about Rogers is this. I think he's improved as a manager since he's went away and the two performances show that because last night that could have been Gordon Stratton in the dugout we were very pragmatic every mm-hmm. every player knew their job and the games before that he was very open, the first time round he was extremely open in, uh, in Europe this time right, we've got a free each draw against Man City which is one of the best games I've ever seen uh, but last night we in the last two games we've been very tactically organised. Everybody's knew their job. We were more than the sum of our parts. Um, so I think he's improved as a manager, and I think that start is completely rubbish. Yeah, you, you've seen the the start running around that we shared it this morning as well about him being the worst over twenty games, etc. JP and I don't really want to focus on that because what I want to focus on is how he has improved or otherwise since first time round. And I think Kev's right. I mean, th- there was a control about our performance um, that 
you know, previously, maybe some players are still adapting to always trying to force the issue, like Kev says, always trying to go for another attack, another wave of attack. And Brendan isn't really uh, setting his side up for that. He's trying to make it so that he can, you know, kill the momentum of the opponents at time as well. And, you know, right through that game, and I think probably, I've never seen the final stats of the, the possession, for example, but all the way through the game, it was 50-50. Chances were kind of like evenly distributed between the two sides. And I, I do think that we, we probably did at one point look as though we were going to win. I think that at one each that I, I probably agree with what Brennan said last night. I felt that Celtic were going to be the side to win the game. And um, Xander Mack comes in here, happy with the performance, disappointed with the result. If Dyson cut his toenails before the match, we win. But we're looking at um, an angle of like that today and it was so, so Clear. I mean, it, it wasn't clear cut at the time, JP. I'm pretty sure, like Palmer, you weren't waiting to see the the outcome of the VAR check. Um, and you're thinking at that moment, "Wow, it's happening!" You know, this is a first home Champions League win in ten years. It's actually going to happen tonight. Um, and obviously, we had the the rug pulled from under our feet. So we're going to be looking at some of the pros, some of the cons. But I want to pick up on what you said about the the pre match entertainment. And um, obviously, the the club are always looking to try and do stuff before the game. Um, I'm into music. I like the idea of it. What I've been hearing this morning is that it killed the atmosphere a bit. You know, before the game started, but. You know, if that's the case, that's the case. But like you said before, Rianne Downey doesn't deserve abuse for that. Absolutely. I've seen a lot of abuse online. She's a phenomenal talent. She's an amazing singer. Um, and I don't think that's fair. But at the same time, I expect that now because that's what we have come to expect from Twitter, online, social media, and it's unacceptable. Um, I also think that if you're going to put somebody out there, protect them. And what I mean by that is, obviously, a lot of the abuse that I've seen has come from the official tweet. If you're Sky Sports, Celtic Football Club, if you're going to put somebody on a platform, you protect them. You've, you've mm -hmm. got to, JP. You can't just put it out there and, you know, throw them, throw them to the wolves and allow them for probably 48 hours to get uh, quite a lot of abuse because that's unfair. Uh, you might have enjoyed it. You might not have enjoyed it. But I don't think the personal stuff um, is acceptable. So I'm going to come to you then, JP. What have we learned? What has Brendan learned from last night? Well, he's learned that we're still a, a good bit away. Not a good bit, but we're a fair bit away from being the type of team that can take scalps at that level. I mean, you're looking at going into last night and the form of Lazio and everything else, and I know people were playing it down or sort of playing their form down, but you're thinking this is probably our best chance to get a home win that we've yeah. had now. See that the whole 10-year thing, we haven't been in the Champions League for the last 10 years. I mean, what is the actual number of... Was it games. Four mm. or five? No, I mean, like, times we've actually been in the Champions League proper. Is it four or five, five times that we've been out of the 10 years? Because you think of all the... Not all, but a good few uh, attempts at qualification that have we've failed at. Mm. If you think of... Uh, well... Under Dyla, we didn't get into the Champions League. Uh, and one under Rodgers, AK Athens. Uh, one under Lennon. So that's that's four straight away. Mm -hmm. So I don't, it, it, sounds, it sounds bad. And of course it is bad, but it's not as if we've been in the Champions League every single season and we've played, you know, three games. games. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Every season. Like, I, that would that would really be alarm bells if that was the case because then you're like, well, you've been consistently in that competition and you haven't won a home game. 
Mm-hmm. Then, of course, the, the knives probably could and should be out for the management of the club from a from a, a higher point, um, not just the immediate manager or coach. It's more about, you know, if we've been in that competition and raking in 35, 40 million every year from that competition and we've not won a home game, that's a different story. But I think he's got cause for optimism, for positivity. There's good young players there. There's players there that didn't play well enough last night. You, you need players in games like that to be minimum 7 out of 10. Minimum 7 out of 10. You want, in an ideal world, you you know, want an 8 and 9s all over the park. And we didn't have 8 and 9s all over the park. I don't think any, If people do say that, then I would disagree. Uh, I think Hatate, not to single him out, but I will, wasn't at it last night. And we know how good Hatati is. I'm not mm. saying he's not a good player or anything like that. But last night on that stage, when we really needed an eight, an eight out of ten from him, I'd say we got a five and a half, maybe a six. And that's being generous if I'm saying six. And you can't afford that. You can't no. afford that in midfield. And um, I mean, look that goal as well. We we carved them open for that goal. It was such a good, well worked goal. Um, and I thought I thought Yang as well is a, is a good bit off it. You know, yeah. I, I, again, I'm not willing to say, oh, he's not good enough and never will be good enough. But he wasn't really good enough last night, was he? Because he didn't really provide anything to make them sweat. Um, so that's two players I've singled out that aren't at an eight or aren't at a seven or an eight or a nine. They're mm-hmm. below that and. At this level, you can't have players. You can't. You can't carry players like that. You know, you need everybody to perform. So, I think maybe on a different night, maybe against against Atletico Madrid, those guys, those guys have an upturn and they do get a, a seven or an eight. And, and and that little bit of level going up could could be the difference between us getting a point or three points. I, I think that's it. I, I don't. I don't think we're. I don't think we're a million miles away. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is my thoughts. I reckon you look at that team, JP, and you look at, and people may say, let it go, but you look at the aspects of the side that have changed from last season. Um, if it was a case of Brendan Rodgers inherits Angie's squads and we run with it, then I think you've got a different story. But that isn't the case because we lost key players and we've not replaced them. Uh, by the way, I'm going to bring up Jungle Lions 
comment about Liam Scales because he was outstanding. Kevin Graham said that. He was brilliant. He was absolutely sensational. And I think he has been. I never thought in my life, I said this last night, I never thought in my life I'd be looking at my notes and saying Liam Scales um, almost scores the winner with an acrobatic scissor kick, an overhead kick. I never thought I'd see that against Lazio in the Champions League. But that's what happened last night. And with, with regards to Yang, I've got to agree with you. I was surprised that he was he was picked, and it's no hindsight because I said it in the pre-match. I was surprised that he started actually, um, and then when you look at that left-hand um, area of the park, it was clear that Lazio were targeting Taylor. There was a, the high ball over Taylor, and and I thought Skills done really really well to shore that up. But at some point, I was expecting maybe Meda to switch over to the left to give Taylor some backup as well because that was the area of the park that Lazio were trying to target we're going to be looking at some of the areas that um, like you say we're not a million miles away GP but the frustration for me is we had a, an answer at right wing we've not got them anymore we had a great partnership at centre half and this season we've not had that partnership you know we're throwing guys together and you know Scales and Phillips don't have that understanding yet so that's the frustration for me but it's something Kevin that Brennan Rodgers has, has inherited and what he hasn't inherited from the transfer window that we've just come out of is three top-class starters. You know, and this is something that frustrates me. And people might think, oh, you're rolling out the recruitment thing again because we didn't win the game. But it is relevant. I mean, you're going in there and you're thinking to yourself, how many of the new guys have really made that big impression? Palmer almost did last night. But if you've brought three guys in and they're going right into the start of 11, as they did in Andy's first season, and they're making an impact... That's a huge benefit to Brennan Rodgers, and I don't think he's had that advantage since he's came back. Kev. No, he hasn't. He hasn't had that advantage when he came back. What Brendan Rodgers paid for last night was recruitment under Mark Wall since the fifteenth of July last year. That's what he paid for last night. There's no way you can blame Yang for not being up to standard because that's his second Champions League game, his first start in the Champions League. He's came for the South Korean League. So that's, that's a massive step up. A massive step up. The young lad looked a wee bit overawed. He had a couple of wee bad touches. He tried. He didn't hide, which sometimes young lad, he's no remember a bad against Real Madrid. Yeah. Just completely, he just completely bollocks the bed, man. That, that, that was, that's what he done. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to give Palmer came on Maybe easier to come on to the game when we've got complete complete control of it. He done well when he actually came on, but you can't you can't judge any of the players that have been brung in because they're still settling in at the club. What the players you can actually judge is the player that we, the players that we bought last season, and the only one that's been an absolute standout, an absolute star, is Alistair Johnson. And last night again. He just he just reminds me of a solid fullback who can yeah. ab- absolutely do anything. Now that's a star. All the rest of them, most of them are away on loan now. Eh? So that's what Rogers is paying for, and also the fact that we cashed in on Starfelt's personal circumstances, an unbelievable offer for Jota, which is um, absolutely unbelievable. And as you say, Arn Moy. Aaron Moy retiring. There's three things there that you couldn't have legislated for because I don't think they legislated on any... Maybe Moy retiring, maybe they knew slightly about that. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Moy was a massive part of our team last season in the middle of that park. Um, what Rogers likes and what I think they're maybe seeing when you go to Hattati, Ange Postacoglu likes players to play on instinct. There's an instinct. Do it first time. Get, get rid of it. Brendan Rodgers likes players to use intelligence. 
Mm -hmm. This is where Matt O'Reilly stood up. Matt O'Reilly's went, all right, you want me to actually think about what I'm actually doing here? I, 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 can, I can get in with that. Atati's got a way to go, but if Rio Atati listens to Brendan Rodgers, he'll develop into a far better player than he would ever done under Raj Postacoglu because Rodgers will teach him the whole round discipline of the game. When to play the ball, when mm -hmm. not to play the ball. There was a couple of times he tried a first-time pass last night, like right back to and put us under pressure, and you're just going, take the touch. Let's see how it flows. Let's see. And there's been a couple, and I think you can see that. Maeda, look, you had his good and his bad, but I think he had a decent game. But yeah. His defensive work rate, his defensive work rate is great. In the first half, especially, how often, how deep did Kyogo come and show real football intelligence to keep the ball? That's what Rogers' teams are built on football intelligence. And at the moment, I think we're still, still in, especially at that level, we're at this thing where we're trying to force it at that level. Whereas domestic now we've, we've learned we didn't need to force it at this level. But at, at the higher level, we're trying to force it. And I think once Atati gets up to speed and listens to what Rodgers actually is telling him to actually do, you're going to have a fabulous all-round midfielder because he's got everything in his locker that he actually needs, the passing ability, the vision. He, sometimes he just needs to take that wee calm down, take that breath and go, right, what am I actually going to do here? No play the forward pass, no try and play the quick pass. But that's been built into him. Yeah, and that, that that's going to take ages to actually change. Um, I think Kyogo last night that was the first time I've seen him and look really, really a great technical player in Europe. Like the the way that he dropped all over the pitch, um, big skills, man, fantastic. Like he's a guy we thought Shane Duffy should have been. That was like Shane Duffy. That's Shane Duffy. I thought that was a boy for boys on there. Sorry. Uh, I thought oh, Shane Duffy as well. Oh, it's Shane Lynch. Shane Lynch. Talk, Craig, talking Craig, to Lynch. Sorry to, to jump in. Talking to Lynch. Who's seen the train spotting video with Mick Lynch driving the car? You seen it? No? No. Nah. And he smashes into Rishi Sunak. Have a look. It's great. Um, um, you, you have a look at the left back. Now, if you, if you watch Lazio. I'm a big admirer of Mauricio Sarri. I think he's a fantastic coach. If he was ever to manage Celtic, we would thoroughly enjoy the football that his teams play. But Lazio have got three outstanding players. Luis Alberto, Immobile and Felipe Anderson. And that's the three that they try to hit all the time. So yeah. when you say that Greg Taylor was targeted, they always try that ball. That is that is their aim because Anderson is absolutely superb. I thought Taylor handled it well last night, but we all know the limitations of the team. We all know the limitations of, of that squad in a whole. Um, it does need improved, and whether that's coaching improvement, mentally improvement, or you bring in other players, it's still got to get there. But you look at you look at last night. I'm not going to blame Yang. I'll judge Lee Yang next year in the Champions League or in Europe because he's, he, this is a this is a steep learning curve for him, <laughs> and this is this is one of the things I think that we're going to need to get into. If we didn't beat Atletico, we've got to bring these guys up to speed. We've got to give them experience. We've got to actually get get them in there and get them playing. Eh? And that and I saw Petrov moaning about a development opportunity. They're a development club. Sorry, Stan. That's where we are now. And we just need to hope that we get the recruitment spot on 
And as I say, I'm still positive. I'm really, really positive because I think Brendan's learned his lessons. And last night, and even against Feyenoord, there were spells where we looked like a competent European side. Yeah. But we just need that wee bit more discipline and that wee bit more structure about us and we'll be all right. You, you're talking about uh, limitations um, and where you are able to coach into a player up to a, a certain level, Kevin. And I think also the mentality is something that Brendan Rogers is very good at, getting in about a player's uh, mentality as well. But I do think that for me, the limitations, you can only take someone to a certain point and no matter what you do or who's coaching them, you can never take them that wee bit further. And that, that's where you bring in the quality and that's where the recruitment has let us down, I think. I didn't mean this in a bad way, but we still need a big enforcer in midfield when we go to that level. We do need an out-and-out bot guy who just sits there and goes, I love Callum McGregor, but Callum, Callum McGregor's on the way down because he's 31. It's a natural, it's a cycle, ain't it? He's done all the development he can get. He's 31-year-old. He's maybe lost a wee bit of pace over the summer. And so his, his performance levels are going to dip just because nature. Mother Nature is going to take hold of Callum McGregor. And you've got to have a look at other areas of guys. The goalkeeper, Joe Hart's 36. He couldn't do anything about the two goals last night. Nothing about the two goals whatsoever. But that's going to be something that's going to need to get sorted. We're going to need to try and build a centre defensive partnership. The left-back area, Greg Taylor's utterly fantastic domestically. He's done well. But then the question's got to be asked by the coaching staff. Nobody us, because we haven't got a clue. We don't care if he can actually be better or anything like that. But the coaching staff will look at that and go, well, Greg Taylor's peaked. That, that we cannot get Greg Taylor any higher than that. We can't get Liam Scales any higher than that. And that's when you need to actually improve the squad. But that's no us to make the decisions. That, that, that's a coaching staff. Eh? We, we just look at it and go, well, it might not be, but then the coaching staff might be see, seeing some day in, day out. Yang got a game for a reason. Didn't he get a game because I'll oh, be signed him during the summer? We need to play him. He got a game because Rogers thought he could do something. Yang's mm -hmm. got, a, got an intelligent, technical brain, but he's raw with his final ball. He, he, he panics at times when he gets into certain situations, and you've got to hope that comes by time. Palmer seems a wee bit further on with that. He seems to be quite comfortable in the final third about what he's going to do. The uh, thing with Yang, Kev, by the way, and I don't disagree with that, but I think had he not been hooked at halftime against Motherwell, he'd have been hooked at halftime last night. Um, I think that Rogers was probably looking at that situation and thinking, how's this going to harm him, JP? Young mm. guy coming over here, still adapting to the game, and we're, we're taking him off at halftime two games in a row. I honestly think, it, you know, you look in the first half, he was the guy for me that I thought, right, we, we need to improve that area of the park. I'm really keen to bring um, other people's views into it, so I'm going to bring some comments up. But on the, the uh, Hatati question, again, over the piece, JP, I think that he was pretty under par. He's not hit the heights that we, we've seen under Ange Postacoglu. We've not seen it yet under Brendan Rodgers. But I'm going to point out two points. The first one being, um, I sent a wee picture. It was a, a strike in the face quite early on, 20 minutes in. By the way, that's the second time in two weeks he said that. We already started the game with a black eye, JP. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was. It was something that wasn't even looked at by VAR. It's a sending off. Um, at worst, it's a sending off. Um, and did it rattle him? I don't know. There was one moment he played a Hollywood pass, uh, you know, the box office passes that he likes to play. And um, he played it to Maida. We win a corner out of that. But it didn't happen often enough. 
JP, is, I guess, what I think. But, I mean, th- let's talk about that sending off, though. I mean, am I being harsh against the Lazio player, or do you think that's something they got away with one there, I thought? Well, they did, but I don't know what the... Obviously, with VAR still being really new to us, like, I mean, if you go, go to the... Like, so, Lewis Palmer's getting torn a new one on Twitter for celebrating that goal. There's a viral tweet, not viral, but it's got a bunch of likes and everything else, obviously from one of them. And he's like, oh, check that guy. Their new guy celebrated about 25 different ways. And then the goal got disallowed and then they conceded in the last minute. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, got quite a lot to laugh about at you guys. So maybe, maybe just keep your head below the, below the path a bit. But, but, I mean, that's the thing that VAR does. It, it takes the complete joy out of Of course that guy's going to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have any issue with him celebrating however he wants to. He can rock the baby. He can, like, you know, grab the corner flag and do an Elvis like Lee Sharp. He can do He can do a somersault. Peter take, Grant against Rangers in the 2 each game. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. He can throw that in there as well. He can do whatever he wants. He scored in the Champions League at sold out Celtic Park. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Me against Colesnot and Miners Welfare in 1994. We took my top off and everything. We were only eight one up at the time, eh? And I scored a three yard breaker, eh? I always remember it. It was one of the best moments in my football career, man. And you I took your top off? I took my top off, eh? Wow. Yeah, I take issue with that because that was <laughs> in that particular fixture. This was the Champions League. The guys just come in from another country. That was my so, Champions League. He's trying to himself with the support and I've got no issue with that. I mean, what a moment that must have been. And then the next thing you're standing looking at a screen and then but for the hair, hair, like, I mean, it's just absolutely, he barely gets anything on that ball and and that's why it's ruled out and folk will be like, oh, well, dry your eyes and all that. But it's just, it's so incredibly harsh. And, and the VAR, they found, they, found a, they found a problem with that. Is that because we scored the goal? So why why was the the elbow or the, the the punch not looked at? I mean, did they just miss it, or did they look at it and go, "Well, that's fine"? If they looked at that and thought that's fine, then I've got an issue with it because I don't really know how in this modern age of football, when fine order getting a penalty for a a brush mm-hmm. base, mm-hmm. you know, like with, with no point. Violence, with Here's no violence, yeah, with no violence, it was a, a an arm out and no violence. The guy wasn't hurt. There was you no intent. There was no intent. Absolutely no intent. No. 
you could actually see Hitachi's face jolt with the 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 impact, like a, like a because it was a punch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so watch I, it back, I, JP. Watch it back, right? And the Lazio player, there's a great angle where as soon as he's done it and he's made contact, he looks round at the referee. Split true. second, it looks round as if to say, "Oh, I, I've been caught here." But the Lagerbjerg one, he doesn't know what's happening with his hand. It's just a flailing arm. It's you know, for me, it's maybe a wee bit reckless, but there's no intent. We lager Bielk. He gets sent off. We give away a penalty. This is twenty minutes into the game, um, and at that point, you know, you're, you're looking at the situation, thinking, "I've heard the word margins, margins getting thrown about," and it's true. We're already one nothing up. That that's a game changing moment if a Lazio player gets sent off twenty minutes in away from home. So that's why I'm bringing it up. It's not just to moan about the refereeing. It, it really is to say why wasn't it looked at? Because it should have been. I mean, I made it when I sent you guys an angle today where. You can't even see the. You actually can't even see the contact. You see it from another angle when there is contact, mm-hmm. but it was so so tight, so tight. And these are the margins. That that's the new word, margins. We used to use the word caveat all the time. Now we're using margins. I these are the margins. That. I never use caveat. I hear it so many times. I'm like, <laughs> I've trained my brain to not say caveat. It, I'm adding it. I'm adding it to the band list along <laughs> alongside roller coaster and Rolls Royce. Echelon. Echelon. Kev. These are the margins. They are. Ella Hussey. There's another one. Ella Hussey. Uh, these are the margins, though, when you go to any level in European football. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not playing. Te- you're playing teams that have got a higher technical ability than what you face usually week in week out. That's. I'm not just kind Scottish football when I'm saying that. Just have a look at Scottish football results in Europe over the last twenty years to see Scottish football is pants. End off. Let's let's move on for even having that argument. But you you have a look at the margins, and this is where I go after the fire nor game we use. We've got the money to reduce the margins by bringing in sports science guys psychologists, all the best kind way that we can make these guys as best as they can be. And that's where it should be. It's not just about signing guys for 10, 12 million pounds. It's about signing the right guys and guys that want to learn and the guys that can improve in that. And that's what we never done last year. And for folk to be writing off, for me, for folk to be writing off guys who just arrived in the summer are hangway. Um, what that is, is wrong. It's completely wrong. And I, I, look, Yang wasn't great last night, but I've seen enough to Ken there's a player there. Uh, I think um, I think it'd been a wee bit harsh on Scottish football. I, I do think we, we we do punch way above our weight in many respects. I, I think the the operation of Scottish football lets it down, Kev. I mean, we've got something here in this country that is so well supported, but we're let down time and time again by those in charge. Those in the highest echelons of the SFA. Um, Those in charge, right? And even this week, we're hearing that there was a, you know, there was a clause in the contract with Cinch uh, where they could pull out three years in. Why have they pulled out? Everybody knows why they've pulled out, right? So we're we're constantly just shooting ourselves in the foot as as a game, you know, bowing down to the wrong people time and time and time again. And I think... We shot ourselves in the foot in 2012. Of course, aye. When we of took the KY did. jelly for the bigger pound, that was it. And how many and people stood up to that? You know, very, very well, few people stood up to it. You know, Alan McCoy's wanted them named, did he know? No, yes, he did. I. But I mean, th- these are the deep-rooted issues in Scottish football we're talking about. I think Celtic, as you say, Kev, there, there's things we can improve on. 
And and you're right, a lot of that is behind the scenes. And Brendan Rogers implemented a lot of these systems at Celtic Park first time round. So I'm actually confident that side of the game with his thorough nature will be fine. The issue is uh, with regards to the quality of the players coming in. And of that batch that's come in, JP, there might be three or four absolute you know, gems in there. We've not even seen Tilio playing yet, unless you were at their United testimonial game. So, you know, I, I'm like Kev, I'm not writing them off. What I'm saying is, you know, it was, there was a clear distinction in the chairman's report when the, the financial results were released. And it spoke about players you can develop and players who can make an instant impact. So that, that's what we're talking about. And we know that the players that you can de- develop are those guys of a certain age and within a certain structure in terms of the transfer fee against those ones that you push the boat out, four million, five million plus. And we've had a few of them. Kyogo and Starfield were, what, four and a half million quid. Yes, I get there's no guarantee because I know Barkas and Ayeti were the same price. But you're shopping in a different market. Why, why are they more expensive? Because there's more quality to them or you're buying from a more expensive league. And that, that is the frustration. When you look at that last night, you're thinking, Rodgers could maybe maximise Taylor. He could maybe maximise Yang. But if they don't have the quality in the first place, JP, there's only so far he can take that. And that's where the frustration is. You know, three starters, these guys that can make an instant impact, to quote that report, makes a huge difference last night. I think it does. And I think that's been widely sort of uh, expressed by a lot of the support. There's been a lot of stuff today where people are analysing the recruitment to with, with, a, with a magnifying glass and sort of saying, out of all the people that have come in in the last year and a half, who's actually in the mm-hmm. team and, and, making, and making that impact. And I, I listened this morning uh, on the way back from town, I listened to the, the, the BBC Scotland coverage of the game um, and it was good that it was actually people related to Celtic that were on it as, as opposed to normal because it's usually just jobs for the boys. Uh, and, uh, it is. It's getting yeah, yeah, I think Aidan McGeady speaks really well. I think, I think he's pretty... From, from somebody that I didn't really expect him to be good as a pundit, he is actually, he speaks well and he's, he's, his knowledge of the game is good. He's played in different leagues. He's played in the Premier League. He's played in Russia. You know, he's, he's, he's quite cultured, I would say, as a, as a, as a footballer and, um, and still playing, obviously. Um, but I think uh, he, the way he was talking about was like, well, you don't really need guys for tomorrow. You need guys for today. And, that's, that was the kind of overriding theme of the, yeah. the after the game between James McFadden and, and, and Packy Bonner was was pretty much what they were saying. So that's only what everybody else is saying. It's not as if uh, we've come up with some daft new formula that <laughs> has only been spoken about here. It's, it's been spoken about everywhere. And on the subject of uh, of Scottish football shooting itself in the foot, the, see the game on Saturday against Motherwell, I did end up going to watch it and and Simon and Jackie's pub mm-hmm. and on Motherwell pay-per-view TV and it, it was it was stalling like so there was a lag so it would like just stop and then spin and then you'd be waiting and then it would come back and then so that led to a situation where it was still nil-nil and I'm standing up the back with a, a fresh orange and lemonade I was working so it was uh, anyway, I, thought I didn't indulge but a guy walked by when he's way to the toilet and very sort of quietly just went didn't want to ruin, ruin it for everybody, but it's 1-0 Celtic, right? And I went... And you're watching uh, it live. 
And, I, and, and I'm like, what? And he's like, walk by me. And everybody else in the pub, then they hear him, right? And he genuinely said that. And he goes to the toilet and I look up at the screen and 20 seconds later, Palmer bangs it in and the place goes mental. <laughs> he comes back from the toilet and I put my arm in and I was like, you said that, I heard you say that. And he was like, I tell you, mate, crystal ball, crystal ball and all that, right? Then he sits down and then Mother will equalise and he's over. I didn't have signal on my phone, so I didn't have Wi-Fi. I didn't have signal, so I couldn't check. So I'm at the mercy of this of this screen, and this guy who's obviously managed to get live score or whatever. And he goes one each, and everyone goes, "Oh come on, no way!" And then the next thing you see, the we see it unraveling, and then the guy next to me goes, "Oh, this must be it!" And then bang, go. Then a different person, a disembodied voice from somewhere else in the bar, a few minutes later, shouts. Two one Selic, and then you just hear, "Oh, shut to you! There's no need for that. Like, <laughs> this is this is serious." <laughs> JP, honestly, you're reminding me of a situation back in the eighties, right? And anybody who's tuning in from the villages of Fife, West Fife villages, there was a situation in in the eighties uh, in Oakley where Eddie's bookies had a lag, and so they found it away in the Greyhound pub whereby they were able to actually go and put bets and everything on because he was too slow. He was he was wondering why he was losing all this dough. And it's a wee bit like that. But as you say, it's kind of like amateur hour. And that that's the one thing about Scottish football. You know, in terms of the fan base, and you see the, the, the figures constantly in terms of European um, football, the, it's, a, it's a sport that's so well supported in this country. But I don't think that we are rewarded just with the, the simple professionalism, the quality that you should be getting as a football fan, JP. And that's one example of of many, many examples. Um, but again, I'll, I'll be going up to Don Max myself. There's another wee plug for the pub later on this afternoon because we've got a gig there tomorrow night with the one and only Chris Sutton. I'm going to be asking him his thoughts on a few things that's happened in Scottish football this week. Susan Finlay, good to see you. Totally deflated after last night. However, looking forward to seeing everyone... Oh, God almighty, there's a hat trick. Don't match tomorrow for Chris Sutton. Should be a great night. Looking forward to it. Chris um, is always good. Entertainment. Barry O'Sullivan. Afternoon all. Still feel gutted for the result, but proud of the effort the boys put in. We need to get, listen, three quality players. That's any thoughts on it in over the next transfer window. And then you'll start feeling that that's too late. It's maybe for the next campaign and this is the frustration because it's almost groundhog day um in that respect. Kev, I want to talk about a few of the individuals. There's been loads of talk around um Carter Vickers, whether or not, you know, that was a mistake. Was it with hindsight? If Carter Vickers isn't fit, he's not on the bench. Is that not the way it works? If he's not hundred percent fit, he's maybe no match sharp. Can he play 90 minutes? It's clear that they, they knew before the game he's going to be playing 30 minutes because that's when he comes on. Um and he's the guy on the park that you would least expect a mistake like that from Carter Vickers, but I don't think it's down to a bad decision by the, the manager, I've got to say. No, I think it's down to the fact that he's missed seven games with a groin injury. And that is a that is the bottom that that is a bottom line. And the only way the only reason that he gets thirty odd minutes is because Lager Bielka gets sent off. Yeah. And Nairoki's injured. And there's a whole load of circumstances that it means that you've got Nat Phillips, who's sort of half fit, and you've got Cameron Carter Vickers, who are sort of half fit, and we're trying to shove them together to get a full 90 minutes out of a semi decent centre half of guys who are no match fit. And you can put that down to bad planning, or you can put it down to bad luck. It depends what side of the coin that you want want to do it. You want to 
you want to see if it's heads or tails there, eh? Um, look, it was always a gamble bringing him on. He hasn't played for seven games. That is always remember. I'm going to name drop here when we were going up to with George Connolly, um, mm-hmm. Paul, and he went that even in the 60s and 70s. It took you five or six games to get back up to mark sharpness. The game is now a lot physical, it's more sharper, it's faster. It must be ages for these boys to actually try and get up to their better condition, the right peak. enough, eh? absolutely. Yeah, but there will still be, especially if you're. It wasn't as if Cameron Carter Vickers is coming is coming in to face uh, Kilmarnock at the weekend. He's coming in to face international class players. He's coming in to play a European game and he's mm-hmm. got to try and pick up the speed of that right away. And he done all right up until that point. That he was also up against a fresh off the bench, Gwen Dozy, who's not a bad player. They've got a bye. I buy a clause for him for fifteen million plus plus add-ons. So they're bringing a guy like that off the bench. Yeah, and as my mate Chris said last night, totally changed the game for them. And he did he did play really well. And I thought Carter Vickers started to played well in terms of he does that kind of scoop pass that mm-hmm. he, he always like you know to play it out to the right. So his his distribution when he came on was really good, mm-hmm. and he contributed to the game in that respect. Uh, because he's a good footballer it's just unfortunate for him we, you know that mistakes can happen and that they will, they will likely be punished at this level but I mean Lazio didn't cause me great concern that was that one moment where you're like oh this is the moment where they are, they really show their class this is the moment where they're in them they'll show it now and, and, and as soon as as soon as I saw it ha- unfold and I was like oh no oh no then they will make this count. This won't be an over the bar. This won't be a, a loose pass. This will be clinical, and it was. This is it. There wasn't a period of that game, JP. I don't know if you felt the same, where it was wave after wave of attack. You're under the cosh and you're riding your luck. I didn't feel that at all last last night at any point against Lazio. But what happens is you look at that as a gaffer and you're thinking, right, that's an individual error. So you can you can remove that for your game. You can remove that from the team's psyche. And, and then in another night, it's a one each. Um, and you look at the first goal and you think, right, that's really poor defending from the corner. Right? Kev says that he doesn't blame Joe Hart. I was the same last night. I just thought we didn't defend that well enough. And I don't think we defended the corner at the weekend well enough. Fair enough, no. Scales gets the header. But it was the second ball. We just didn't defend it well enough. And uh, going back to your point about centre-halves, Kev, and the fact that we cobbled two centre-halves together last night to get 90 minutes, and I agree with that as well. I, I do think there is an element of bad luck because we brought in three centre-halves in the transfer window and we're still struggling to play with two of them last night. And last season, we knew it was an issue. We brought Kobayashi in, hand-picked by Ange Postacoglu. That that hasn't worked. But this season, I think it's been down to bad luck. It has been. And the injuries happen, and you've got to plan for these injuries. And this is what people say, we have never played Starfield. Well, I have a look at this sort of profile of Nairoki, and I'm like that. He's like Starfield, but five years younger. So I thought we'd maybe got a player on the level of Starfield, but younger. Maybe mm-hmm. more development, because Starfield's at 28 now. He's not going to develop anymore. So that's, that's why we allowed them to move on. And it has been unlucky in that situation that we haven't had Cameron Carter-Vickers plus one of the three centre-halves that we actually signed alongside them. We'd only have been two centre-halves, because Phillips wouldn't have been anywhere near us if we 
didn't if we didn't have the injuries, eh? And that is unlucky. That is just the way it goes. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I don't think Lagerby Elka or Scales have let us done. I don't think. that. You can argue whether they're good enough or all of that, but they lads let us done. No, no. It's, and that, that's all. That's all I'm asking for. I'm gutted about the result, but nobody let me down last night. There's a wee bit of there's a wee bit of lag. There's a wee bit of Motherwell FC lag on your uh, your stream, Kev. Sorry, a wee bit of static. Um, by the way, feed the bear. Thank you for your uh, support. Keep the faith. We are we are keeping the faith. Um, the old saying, "Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater," is on my mind this morning because you're pinpointing certain elements of this that uh, on another night, and it can't always be this way, JP. We can't always say on another night because it's like talking about a footballer and saying on his day. But the guys that you speak about who on their day are never good enough, you know, they, they just give you wee flashes. And it needs to be more than flashes that, that we get from this group of, group of players. Limitations, not domestically. Um, I think we're, we're absolutely fine domestically. I think limitations in Europe were there last night for, for us to see. But I do want to talk about two other players before we wrap up today, JP. The first one being Matt O'Reilly. There's been a lot of talk on Axum about O'Reilly. Um, people will say Scales is the most improved player. I get it. I think O'Reilly has taken his game up to another level under Brendan Rodgers. Um, he, he's obviously embraced the incoming gaffer and it's shown in his performances. that I thought again last night, it was so accomplished. It's not about no looking at a place. He looks really comfortable at this level. He certainly does. Um, I, I watched him at full time. <laughs> in fact, my mate actually was walking above me as he was leaving the ground because when, when he leaves, he, he walks along the north stand and goes out a door, you know, towards uh, towards the forge. And uh, he saw me sort of standing hands in pocket as I always do. And I have I've always done it. I've never just been like thrown my seat up and stormed out. I always like to absorb the moment, whether it's winning or losing. Um, and I just was looking over and seeing the Lazio fans celebrate and just sort of like I said, absorbing it because it makes it makes the winning a lot more sweet uh, when that when that does happen. And uh, yeah, so Chris took a picture of me, <laughs> showed me it last night. I, I, I actually see a picture of myself in a really solemn moment. But um, I, look, I was looking over at Matt O'Reilly as well, and I just saw how gutty he was. He, he looked absolutely. I mean, from a distance, obviously, I'm in the bottom of the north stand, and he was kind of probably closer to the dugout but I saw people going over to him and just sort of you know shaking hands with Lazio players and his teammates are going up and being like one it's alright and he was just like it just looked so dejected because he'd given everything he'd set up a goal mm -hmm. a really great pass he played really well I thought I, you know he was an 8 or a 9 last night I don't think there's any doubt about that I don't know how anybody could disagree with that I think he was an 8 or a 9 and uh Again, this is a guy that two years ago was playing at MK Dons. And now he's playing in the Champions League. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's it's really, really uh, great to, to see. And well, having had the experience that I had last Friday as well, it's even even more great having... Uh, I mean, I, will I tell the story? I mean, Get it out there, JP. I, Come on. No, well, Right, this I'm going to look right at the camera. Right, see for anybody that's in the comments, that's in the, in the live chat and the YouTube. This is for you, right? I'm not telling this story to make myself look good because it's got nothing to do with me. I'm just telling this story because it was a, an amazing moment and it was an amazing experience that I shared. 
and I know for a fact that <laughs> they will probably be watching and someone else in Denmark will probably be watching. So last Friday I was working Nick, Ker- Nick Kershaw or in Moore. Mm-hmm. Obviously excited about that, meeting Nick Kershaw, etc. That's a byproduct of my job that I sometimes meet people that you would never normally meet in any other day of the week. So I'll maybe never see Nick Kershaw again. He's not my pal. I had some chat with him. It was cool. The guy's a, a, an 80s legend. Wrote the one and only by Chesney, for Chesney Hawks, in case you didn't know that. Uh, and played at Live Aid at Wembley Stadium. Played four songs at Live Aid. So that, to me, is a big deal. <laughs> might mean nothing to somebody else, but it's a big deal to me. Anyway, about half an hour after Doors, I get a text from... Uh, Barry Ferguson, not that Barry Ferguson. <laughs> Thanks for qualifying that, but he's not, he's not doing box office for uh, for gigs in Scotland. But um, and Barry texted me and he was like, "That's your Matt O'Reilly's dad in," and I was like, "No way, no way." <laughs> so I went out and I was like looking around. I knew what he looked like. I'd seen pictures of him uh, with uh, with Matt O'Reilly, funnily enough, uh, with the trophy on Trophy Day, and I turned around. And I saw him sitting with his wife, Gita, and I just was walking over to just say hello, give him some wee guy chat, because that's what essentially was happening there. It was the equivalent of somebody going up and asking for a selfie, but I wanted to just have a chat with him. And as I was going over, he pointed at me and went, I know you, Celtic podcast. And I was like, (laughs) what? No way, man. No way. And then I sat down and spoke to them for a bit and... uh, I had some chat with them and then throughout the gig just ended up chatting to them quite a lot and they were so, so sound. His dad loves music. Me and him were just like throwing, I mean, people get annoyed when you and I speak about music. They would have been very annoyed <laughs> about the lack of Celtic and Matt O'Reilly chat in that conversation because it was a lot about music. Um, but we did talk about Matt O'Reilly. I said, oh, I absolutely love I love your son. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we think he's all right too. <laughs> and, then, and then his mum, uh, Gita, told me that um, that her mum watches Axel in Denmark. So she may well be watching right now. So That's a she, big shout out. Big shout out. Go, go after midday, the Elska Matt. Uh, so hi, hi, Liz. <laughs> in That's Copenhagen. Well, I think it's That's Copenhagen. Super. I might be wrong on that, but that is it. So, and then the next morning I wake up, Matt O'Reilly signed a new deal and he scores a last-minute winner for Park. <laughs> One of the most real sort of turnaround moments ever. It was amazing. So, there you go. That, I enjoyed that. that. JP, I enjoyed that story so much and, and it is Celtic-related all the way through. I mean, Nick Kirsch, it was a bit, it was a big 80s hit so I remember him for. Um, and I didn't know he wrote that song for Chesney Hawks. yeah. Every yeah. day is a school day on Axel. There you, you, know, you know, it sounds for uh, Let Loose as well. Remember the boy band Let Loose? Of course I do. Aye. But it was actually Dom O'Reilly that told me that. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> there, you there you go. Rhino Hatati. Wouldn't it be good to meet Nick Kershaw? Yes, it would. Um, there you go. The things you see. and that, Yeah, you do remember the, the big hits, of course. Um, but thanks, everybody, for getting involved. I love that story. And, and the fact that you know people do tune in, people do uh, take their time to, to see what you're saying. I don't think there's been much bad said about Matt O'Reilly on this show because he is, I, I think he's developing incredibly uh, under the uh, watchful eye of Brendan Rodgers and I think he can get even 
better. Uh, Stevie Boy, welcome back to the comments. By the way, don't know what was happening yesterday, pal, but we weren't blocking any comments. I didn't have anybody on sniper duty. I don't know what's going on on the YouTube side of things, but we weren't blocking any of your comments, buddy. And Tony Cassidy, these games can be won and lost during the transfer window. I get what you mean there. And in the boardroom, um, Brown Warrior O'Reilly shut his eyes as he lined up to soak in the atmosphere. Uh, soaked the atmosphere right in it. And doing that, he elevated his own game. It will take him to our hearts, Matt O'Reilly. Yeah. And by the way, you should have asked his old fella about his love for Aerosmith. Remember, he said in the Celtic View that he was an Aerosmith, uh, Matt O'Reilly. That'd be the first thing I would ask. Just remember, they told me that they went to see, I think they're pals with the band Thunder. Do you remember them? No. <laughs> no. Like, uh, late 80s, early 90s rock band Thunder. So they went to see them, and Matt came with them, and they were at the after show. And there was more people at the after show asking for selfies with Matt O'Reilly than there was with the band. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> just when you say that the band Thunder, I'm just thinking leather, long hair, hairspray, you know That's what it. I mean? Chains, all that kind of stuff. Aye, aye, I can imagine. Magnet, you've won the award today. What a roller coaster of a night. Um, on reflection, I think we played well and deserved to win overall. Things are looking up. Yeah, it's sometimes hard um, to, to see it that way, Magnet, but I, I totally get what you mean. Stephen Sloan reckons we really need to improve on our records, uh, league records at home, Champions League. Well, I'll tell you what, we didn't play many games in the European Cup or the Champions League in the beginning of that run. But it was played 18-1-14. After 2010, we have played 16 at home and won three. We have been stagnant in Europe for 13 years. Um, I think we will improve. Uh, and, you know, last season, Kev, one of the frustrations for me is I felt last season we were introducing certain players like Matt O'Reilly, like Rio Hattati, Kyogo, and others at that time. Uh, you know, Yakamakis was in that bracket. We were introducing them to the level of Champions League. And I was looking forward to seeing how that developed this season. But it's almost like we've seen a bit of another sidestep or a, a reset with a new gaffer coming in, new players coming in. So that, that for me, is the biggest frustration, Kev. But games like last night, what we learned from the players and what we learned in adversity against Feyenoord will hold us in good stead, moving into the remaining four games in this campaign and on to next season as well. Uh, aye, but they've been saying that for the last 13 years. Eh? We were talking That's, about that five years ago in the toll booth. That's, we, we opened the show aye, up talking aye, about that. Yep. Same. I think some folk have been calling it Groundhog Day, and it is completely Groundhog Day, and you've just got to hope one time it improves. You know, you've just really got to hope one time it improves. And we cannot look, I got all kind of about the starters and all of that, right? I all know about the starters and it would have been better to sign starters, but you've got to date you've got to have a look at what we've got and I think we've got some decent players in that there. And we've done well the last two games. We haven't got the results but we've done well. And sometimes that's all you can take. Sometimes that's really all you can take with it, eh? Where do right? So let's let's rewind a wee bit, Kev. Right? It's in the summer. Where are the three starters? I've heard the figure three getting used. I used it before I seen that comment, so I obviously agreed with Barry. Um, if you if you bring the three starters in, and I'm talking that quality, and people use Jot and Carter Vickers as as a reference, but I'm talking the quality of Abada, Kyogo, Starfield. A lot of the players we brought in uh, who who have become starters straight in the team. Where in where in that team last night are you looking and saying we need a starter there, there and there? Where's the three areas? Is it that obvious? Yeah. I think he's gone quiet at the at the the vital moment 
the big drum beat. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, I think um, it could have been anywhere on the pitch. Truthfully, uh, if you want to improve, could be anywhere on the pitch. But you've got to maybe have a look at. I still think we miss a dynamic midfielder, a real, real big enforcer in the middle of the park. And I also think we miss Yakamakis. I think Kyogo goes off earlier last night if you've got Yakamakis sitting on the bench rather than no. Mm-hmm. Is that is that something you would share? I've seen a lot of comments about Yakamakis and some of them I'm, I'm looking at. I, I liked him when he was at the club. Um, but I mean, last night, it, it would have made a difference, JP. And this isn't a dig at O, by the way. I don't think O's yeah. got enough game time to properly develop. He's not looked the same kind of force in terms of the impact he's making this season as he did last season. Uh, so it's no dig at O. But we have lost a wee bit up there. We've lost a bit on the right wing. We've lost a bit, you know, in some areas of the park. At the end of the day, Giacomacchus is a Champions League goal scorer. He scored in the Champions League. That, yes, he might not be the most prolific in the Champions League, but he's done it at that level. So we know that he can do it at that level. Kyogo has now joined him in that, uh, in that uh, bracket. I was going to say Pantheon. <laughs> that great pantheon of Celtic strikers, yes. But, uh, you know what I mean? He's, he, he has done it at that level. So you're bring, if we had him, you're bringing on a guy who has scored in last season's Champions League. So you know that he can do it at that level. Um, I think, uh, just with regards to, to the midfield, I mean, last night your, your striker scored a goal and um, that, that's what you want a striker to do. So I don't really know... What, what, maybe Kyogo could have got a second and then you wouldn't have been worried about getting Giacomacchus off the bench. Your your left winger scores a goal. It's denied by by literally nothing of a touch on it. And we're talking about a different story today. We're sitting here looking for reasons to gush about how great last night was. But the, the, flip, the flip of it is... It didn't happen. We got beat two one. So it's it's Kev's parallel universes. And if but if we didn't have a sort of narrow parallel universe to to go towards, then you would have more cause for concern going into the next game. Who's to say we don't produce a performance against Atletico Madrid where things do go our way? Because Brendan Rodgers said that in his post match. He said, "I think we need to be completely switched on." at all points in the game and we also probably need a bit of things to go for us as well because clearly yeah. they did it. The red card that you pointed out, the Maeda touch is 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 the uh, they've we're having a different conversation. We're having a completely yeah, different conversation. The Carter Vickers mistake, the fall, you're not expecting that to happen with Carter Vickers. You're never no. in a million years are you expecting him to be the one that does a lager bielka Ibrox and and loses concentration or whatever. You just don't expect that from him because he's been so solid. But these are the things that are sent to test us. And that's, <laughs> as much as it's horrible, that's why why we go back and why we always want to see Celtic play because we want to be at that game where it changes. Because the feeling when that happens, and it will happen, we will win a game. <laughs> I really hope it's this season. But when it does happen, it'll be euphoria and I'm not making my half nine appointment this morning. I'm <laughs> struggling. <laughs> struggling, <laughs> struggling to make your twelve thirty. Yeah, exactly. That this is the things that change your life, you know. And and it's the that's why we support Celtic. That's why we love 
this club and and and, and have so much uh, willingness to for them to do well and it's what keeps you going back. It's the it's the addiction. It, is, it definitely is. And by the way, obviously uh, comments will differ. Roddy reckons we need left back goalie, centre back, centre mid, and uh, CJ right wing, left back goalie. We'll all have our different opinions about it, but I'm pretty sure if Brendan Rodgers had been given three starters at least, then last night would have been uh, a much, uh, you know, a much more realistic task for him. I think he's doing tremendously well with the squad that he's inherited and the signings that he's been presented with to coach, and I think he'll continue to do that. But you know, come the next transfer window, hopefully we approach it in a different way. Um, I've got to say thank you to every single one of you. A thousand, um, over a thousand we peaked out there on the live stream. Great story from JP. I wasn't going to bring that up, JP, but thanks for sharing it. That was brilliant at the uh, Nick, Nick Kershaw gig. Super. I really mean, enjoyed that. It could, it could be left unsaid, but what's the point in that? not not talking about that? I wanted oh, to tell brilliant. you how sound... Matt mum and dad are. I'm not telling them to like make myself look good or anything like that. I just wanted to mm-hmm. rec- recount a really amazing experience meeting the parents of somebody, by the way, who I told them the story about watching Matt uh, being in the middle of the burnabout and then him phoning his mum said at that point that the security in the burnabout weren't going to let them down and somebody that they were with spoke Spanish and said, that's his mum and dad, that's their son and the, the security were like, because you know, Spanish police and Spanish security are like they're, they're not they're not one for they, they don't take prisoners. So they got let down, and I said to his mum, I was like, oh, he was sitting on the pitch taking a video of the of the ground before mm-hmm. that happened. She was like, oh, I didn't even know that he was doing that. I just thought he walked over, and I said that he was drinking in the experience because of course she would. Oh, <laughs> and, but you and, do that, you do that, JP. That I mean, that's part of your process after a game is to sit and drink in the bad experience as well and right. it, it, it turned out that you you ended up on the telly and all your pals made you a meme ah. for a long time ah, after that. That. <laughs> last night that was talked about last night Maribor at home I'll, I'll never live that down I was uh, photoshopped into some pretty bizarre scenarios like Jay-Z and Beyonce's swimming pool behind Cheryl Cole's curtain uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have, I have creative and inventive friends when it comes to Photoshop. So yeah, there was worse than that. I'll, I'll not say what that what they were, but <laughs> you can you can send them in the WhatsApp. No, but <laughs> another thing about that story though is it does show that the player and his family have embraced the club. I think oh, you absolutely. Know, definitely have. Aye, and his gran, gran loves Celtic. She's been over uh, and been at Celtic Park, I think, five or six times. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she's totally bought in. And by the way, doesn't just watch Axon, watches all the Celtic podcasts. She like properly loves right into it. That's, that's, that's incredible. How good is that to know to know that? Just to find that out. Like, I would never have known that, having not had that conversation with them. Do you know? No, it's brilliant. And it, yeah, thanks for sharing it. Um, yeah, we will be live tomorrow night with Chris Sutton. For anybody who's coming along, uh, come along and say hello. I'm really looking forward to it. I love getting out and about and speaking to Celtic legends. So I'm going to go through there and get that set up just now. Thanks for your continued support. If you do fancy voting for us, we're up uh, for a couple of awards in November down in Liverpool. And I've put the link under the video if uh, you want to give us a wee vote on there as well. We're up for two, as I said. Um, like like us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel if you want to get involved in the chat and come back tomorrow at 12.30 because we'll be back to talk about all things Celtic. All that's left for me to say is thank you 
Uh, once again, to JP Mason and to Kevin Graham for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.